On today's mailbag episode, we'll talk about Jake Ottinger and Jason Robertson and why they haven't signed their extensions, talk about how the Dallas Stars move on defensively from John Klingberg, and then we'll close out the show talking about Michael Roffel and what his departure means for the Dallas Stars, all coming up on this Friday mailbag episode of Locked on Stars. Your Locked on Stars, your daily podcast on the Dallas Stars. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Howdy, Stars fans. Welcome back to the Locked On Stars podcast, the only daily podcast in season covering the Dallas Stars. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Dane Lewis, your local expert on all things Dallas Stars hockey, credentialed member of the Dallas Stars media, coming to you on this Friday, August 5th. And whether this is your first time here or you are a recurring listener, thank you for stopping by today's episode. And for making us your first listen of the day, be sure to subscribe to our show on YouTube as well as on your favorite podcasting platform. Remember that we are free and available no matter where or how you choose to listen. We are thankful for your listen, regardless of where that may be. And let's jump into today's mailbag episode. Remember, you can submit mailbag questions when you see tweets for them on Twitter or the community tab on YouTube. So if you ever have a question or a hot take, comment, whatever it is about the stars and you want to potentially be featured on the show, be sure to be on the lookout for our community post and tweets regarding Friday Locked on Stars mailbags. Uh, but let's jump right into the first set of questions that we have. Kind of a two-party question, uh, one from listener Dakota Scott and the other one from Tex Critter. The first one saying, what do you think the holdup is on Robo and Otter's contracts? Are they keeping the money flexible or other moves as long as they can until they have to re-sign these guys? Uh, and then kind of a follow-up question to that from Tex Critter. Any worry that Ottinger's numbers will regress under divorce system compared to Rick Bonus? Thank you guys both for submitting questions this week. Always do appreciate it. And to answer the first part of the question, the holdup on the contract negotiations, or at least the contracts being signed for Jason Robertson and Jake Ottinger. It really does still seem like a, a given, a almost guarantee that these guys will be playing for the Stars this season. I mean, both of them relatively high draft picks back in 2017, uh, and guys that have been key contributors for the Star squad in the past two seasons, uh, and both of them coming off fantastic sophomore outings and you know guys that seem to be cornerstone pieces of this franchise from what we've heard from Jim Nill, as well as even Pete DeBoer in his opening press conference. And why wouldn't you want either of these guys? Robertson is a 41 goal scorer and Jake Ottinger had maybe the best NHL playoff debut that a player can have in a losing series. I mean, that was truly an incredible performance that we've talked about at length on this show. But yeah, the question does remain. Why are neither of these guys signing their deals? Uh, should we be nervous? Is there a reason behind it? And I'm sure you know that there are a number of things that are contributing to this that maybe even are just beyond my knowledge. Because even as you know, people that do podcast on the stars or write for the stars, there's just some things that sometimes we aren't aware of that you know go on between the owner and the player or the player's agent. And and I'm sure that there's just a number of things uh, that are putting us in this position right now where we are still waiting 
for the official signing of new deals for the premier forward and premier goalie for this franchise. And the first of those being, I think that the Stars are just trying to be as methodical as they can right now. Not just a plethora of cap space. Definitely have enough money to re-sign both these guys to very good contracts. But, you know, I'm sure that they're wanting to be methodical in how they do this both, you know, in terms of right now. But also they want to you know, generate good deals that both pay the player well, that compensate them well for their services, while also not putting them at a disadvantage later on down the line, whether that be, you know, potentially looking to add an addition next offseason, or maybe, you know, the Dallas Stars find themselves in a really good spot. They go and try to sign a bunch of guys at the trade deadline, and they have to make move room on their roster, but maybe they want to keep some of those guys long-term after next season. I mean, there's so much that could be at play even just a few months from now that we can't predict because we don't know what the Stars are going to look like halfway through the season and where their stance will be at the trade deadline or even next offseason as far as free agent signings, trades, and things of that nature. So they're probably wanting to make sure that they, again, compensate these guys properly because they're two incredibly young, gifted players, but also don't want to put themselves in a bad position either right now or even you know a few months or a year or so down the line. Uh, and also, I, I think, you know, and this maybe just feels like a cop-out answer, but one that I think is a pretty, you know, likely one that is probably really true and there's a lot of stake in it is that it's the dead of summer right now it's early august both guys like i said still young likely vacationing traveling spending time with friends and family because i mean hockey players we all know are it's just a grind of a season whenever they are in the actual nhl season 82 regular season games on top of however many playoff games you play uh, all nhl players really enjoy this time of year because they get to take a step back from the game and spend time with family and friends. And so I'm sure that there are communications going on between them and the stars organization, or at least those players agents. Uh, and it's just one of those things that it's probably just taking a lot of time due to the stars being methodical and thinking things through and also just it being the dead of summer. But really, I don't think we've seen anything that indicates neither of these guys are coming back. No need to worry. No need to panic. I, I imagine that we will see them in stars uniforms at training camp and maybe even expect the deals to be done during or maybe you know during or before training camp i don't think it's going to be one of those things that we're going to have to hold our breath uh, and i i think this is something that will resolve itself maybe within the next month month and a half uh, and you know then we want to worry about it but i don't even think you have to worry about it right now i nothing indicates from the star side of things that they want them gone and from what i've seen and heard from both players Nothing indicates to me that they want to be leaving Texas anytime soon, that they want to be a part of this organization and what they're building towards for years to come. Now, with that, we have talked at length about the effect that Pete DeBoer should have on the offense for the Stars and, you know, how his system will affect their numbers and the, you know, goals for for this team. But we haven't really focused too much on the defense or really rather the amount of goals that get scored on the Dallas Stars, which was kind of the follow-up question. Uh, would we expect to see Jake Ottinger's numbers take a hit as a result of a new coach and a new system with Pete DeBoer rather than what we saw with Jake Ottinger under the leadership of Rick Bonus? Uh, and the first thing I think that factors into this is Jeff Reese, the goalie coach, is still with the Dallas Stars. He was one of two guys that stuck around after Rick Bonus was relieved of his duties pretty much 
all the coaching staff was relieved of their duties outside of the video coach and the goalie coach, Jeff Reese. So he will be around, which will be very nice for Jake Ottinger because that's not a new guy that he has to get to know or kind of understand or learn how to work with. This is a guy that he knows pretty well, having been with the Dallas Stars for two seasons now. So that is one thing to his advantage that he still has the same goalie coach because at the end of the day, the system affects the goalie somewhat, but it's not going to affect how he actually plays in the crease. Who's coaching him at the goalie position will affect that a little bit more so don't expect a whole lot to change as far as what Jake Ottinger can do while playing the goalie position really I think what matters is how the defense around him will play uh, and put him in positions to be successful night in and night out and if you look at the numbers over the past few seasons both while DeBoer was in Vegas and San Jose it's pretty interesting to see some of these numbers the Stars and Vegas Golden Knights I didn't know this until researching for this episode today they actually gave up the exact same number of goals last season at 244 and that was middle of the pack in the NHL they were both ranked 14th and 15th respectively on NHL uh, NHL.com on their website on the official stat keeping area so both teams the exact same number of goals surrendered middle of the pack in the NHL but then if you look even farther back you look at the 2020 2021 season the Vegas Golden Knights allowed the least amount of goals in the National Hockey League at 122 and just to put that into perspective the Dallas Stars came in at eighth at goals allowed with 148 but you even look at DeBoer's days in San Jose there's a lot to be excited about in terms of defensive production in the 15-16 season DeBoer's debut season the season where the Sharks went to the Stanley Cup finals they were tied for 10th in the league in goals against at 207 meaning only nine teams in the league allowed less goals than they did. In the 16-17 season, the Sharks were fifth in the NHL in goals against at 200. And in the 17-18 campaign, the Sharks were ninth in goals against at 226. So I think we should have plenty of reason to believe that the Stars should be just fine as far as defense and goaltending. And we know that the problem with this team over the past several seasons has not been the defense. It has not been the goaltending. It's been the lack of scoring and the lack of offense production and so the stars goalie tandem is in place we have Jake Ottinger and a very solid and qualified backup in Scott Wedgwood they have a decent defensive core led by Miro Haskinen who we'll talk about a little bit after a quick break in a second and we've seen you know history has shown us that Pete DeBoer is able to get the most out of his players especially in the first season uh, his first season in a new city with a new franchise so there's really nothing pointing me to believe that we should see a regression in Jake Ottinger's numbers if anything we should see him improve because one he's going to be better in the third you know, year of his career. He's still going to have Miro Haskin out there playing defense, uh, as well as guys like Esselin Dell and Yanni Hockenpah returning. And then, of course, we have the numbers to show that Pete DeBoer's teams are normally really well-disciplined defensively, and they don't give up a ton of goals. So we should be very excited to see what Jake Ottinger can do this season with the assistance of his defense, but also just based on his pure skill. Well, coming up next, we will talk about the absence of John Klingberg and what that really means for the Stars, and more specifically, Mira Haskinen. More on that after a quick break. Today's episode of Locked on Stars is brought to you by our friends at Built Bar. If you haven't tried Built Bar Puffs yet, you are depriving yourselves of one of life's greatest joys. And guess what? There's a new flavor 
delicious, indulgent cookie dough covered in 100% real chocolate. All the joys of eating cookie dough without the hassle of making it. Plus, it's healthy for you. Cookie dough chunk puffs are only 160 calories and have a whopping 15 grams of protein in them. And what's great about Built Bars is that all of their bars are made with collagen protein, which your body absorbs more efficiently and provides tons of health benefits. Eat something that tastes good and is good for you. You're going to love the new cookie dough chunk puff. Whether you need a snack for your workout, a late night treat, or just need to grab a quick bite, Built is the perfect protein bar and they taste better than a candy bar. So ditch the calories, fat, and sugar and grab yourself a Built Bar. You can go to Built.com right now and use our promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your order. Again, use the promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off your order at Built.com. We are moving on on this Friday mailbag episode of Locked on Stars. Thank you again for making us your first listen of the day. We are moving on to the next set of questions. Had a few people uh, submit questions on this, uh, one of them being one of the hosts and from Locked on Nashville Predators, as well as Sean Matthew on YouTube. Uh, the question saying, the Central Division rival is curious about how you think the loss of Klingberg might affect the defense next season. Uh, and then Sean writes, with John Klingberg gone, do you expect or think that Miro's role offensively increases significantly? Uh, Anne and Sean, thank you for submitting questions to today's episode. Really do appreciate it, but let's dive right into this. As many of you know, we talked at length about John Klingberg on Wednesday with JD over at Locked on Ducks, but spent a little bit more time talking about what he can bring to the table with Anaheim. Only got to focus for a brief moment on what this means for the Stars, and there's a lot of implications now that John Klingberg has officially departed from Dallas. There were some speculations around the start of free agency that he you know, might in a twist of events come back and sign a deal with the Stars. Not meant to be. He goes to Anaheim for one year. Maybe we'll see him come back. That's a different discussion for another day. But, you know, now John Klingberg is gone, and that leaves a massive hole in the defensive core rotation. We obviously have guys that are returning, like Miro Haskinen, uh, the future of this team on the defensive core, guys like Esselin Dell in the middle of their careers, guys like Yanni Hockenpah, Joel Hanley, Thomas Harley, uh, and even a guy like Ryan Suter, who even though he's only been with the Stars for one year, still is coming back uh, with his veteran presence for better or for worse. So, you know, where do the stars go from here? They added Colin Miller. They have a few other guys that are now signed to, you know, one or two year deals that are one or two way, meaning they could play at the AHL level or the NHL level. And the coaching staff is going to have a lot to figure out when it comes time to training camp and the preseason to see who the best six guys are to have on the ice night in and night out. And, and you know, certainly there's a loss on the ice as far as production with John Klingberg, but also I think that there is a little bit of a loss in the locker room as well. He was regarded as one of the leaders just because he had been one of the longest tenured stars on the team up there with Tyler and Jamie and Radulov. And now Radulov and Klingberg are both gone, which leaves massive holes for leadership in the locker room. And thankfully the stars still do have a good amount of that with guys like Sagan, Ben Pavelski, uh, and you know even a guy like Suter, who though he hasn't been there for very long, still is a respected member across the league and a respected player in that locker room. But really, I think the effect is going to come down to the ice because now you know you have the question from Sean: Do we expect to see Miro Heiskanen, you know, improve offensively or take on a bigger role offensively? And the answer should be a resounding yes. I mean, Miro has to step up and take on 
on the responsibility on the offensive side of things, especially now that John Klingberg is gone. And John Klingberg, even though it seemed like he had a down year last year, was still pretty effective in the offensive zone, especially in the second half of the season. And Miro Haskinen certainly had his moments, but even when he wasn't battling mononucleosis, there were still times where it seems like Miro was leaving a little bit to be desired offensively. We all know that he has the defensive mindset and, you know, willpower to do whatever he wants on that end of the ice he can skate with anyone in the league he can use his stick really well we all know this but he has to take that next step and be that do-it-all kind of guy for this team if this team wants to truly compete and be successful you know John Klingberg I think it goes without saying was the second best defenseman in franchise history of course with Sergei Zuboff holding the number one spot I mean John Klingberg I think will be deeply missed uh, both in the locker room but also on the ice and the offense over the years it's going to be a challenge to replace I mean Klingberg never the premier guy defensively with offensive numbers, but a guy that always was productive and a guy that was always contributing to this team, even if it went under the radar across the rest of the NHL. And I do certainly think that Miro Haskinen can take on that responsibility. It's a lot of pressure to put on a guy who's such a young kid, but the pressure has been on him since day one with him being such a high draft pick and a guy that has now signed this big contract. The expectation is certainly there, and this is probably going to be the biggest season in Miro Haskinen's young career because he has the capability to you know, be that leader guy, and I think, I mean, maybe this is a hot take, maybe not. I think he has the capability to surpass both Klingberg and Zuboff by the end of his career if he's able to continue to improve and take these steps forward. I don't think it's out of the question to believe that he can be the best defenseman in Stars franchise history. It's going to take a lot to get there. It's going to be something that's easier you know, said than done. But I think Miro Haskinen is going to be up to the challenge. This is going to be a monumental season for him. If he truly wants to be in that same conversation as Yossi, Makar, Hedman, and Fox, I mean, then he has to actually produce like them. I know I find myself, you know, comparing him to to those four players, and I truly do want him to always consistently be in that conversation for best defenseman in the NHL. And that kind of comes with two responsibilities, the way you play on defense, but also how can you contribute on offense. I mean, we saw it this past year, the way Kale McCarr was able to provide for that Colorado team offensively, and that just adds a whole new dynamic to that team. They had the threats offensively with McKinnon, uh, Ranton, and Landeskog, uh, you, so on and so forth. I mean, that team certainly was not lacking in forward depth, but then you add in a guy who can come in from the blue line and produce just as well, if not better than some of those players, that takes your team to new heights, both in the regular season and in the postseason, and we saw in full effect with a guy like McCarr this past season, but also all those other guys I just mentioned, some of the best in the NHL right now. Uh, Yossi leading the way in points last season, helping propel Nashville to the postseason. Hedman has been one of the best in the business for a long time with the Lightning, and Fox, a Norris Trophy winner in his own right, still a guy that you cannot sleep on whenever your team plays the Rangers. Uh, and so I'm very excited to see how Miro Haskinen takes us on. I think that this is happening at a pretty good time for him where he has, you know, these several, these, you know, good handful of years of NHL experience under his belt. But now he finally kind of gets to step into this role of being the guy defensively for the stars. And he's had you know, the friendship uh, with John Klingberg and the leadership from him to kind of take after over the past few seasons. But now the reins are being handed to him. And I cannot wait to see what he can do this season for the Stars.
Well, coming up next, we will take a moment and talk about the departure of a middle six forward in Michael Roffel and what his absence means for the Stars going forward. All of that after another quick break. All right, let's wrap this thing up. Friday episode of Locked on Stars, a mailbag episode. And this one, uh, it, it's a little bit sad to think about. Michael Roffel, a, a forward for the Stars for only one season, is is leaving the team. He's leaving the NHL. It was actually officially reported on Thursday that Roffel would be going to Switzerland, signing with a club in the Switzerland National Hockey League, uh, or their equivalent there, the, the National Hockey League in Switzerland. And, you know, he was a longtime Philadelphia Flyer and a temporary Washington Capitol until signing with the Dallas Stars back in the 2021 offseason. And I remember even early in the season, the Stars and Flyers played in Dallas. I think it was in the first month of the season. And one of the hosts of Lockdown Flyers, we were talking about the game, talking about the matchup. And she said, you know, to that, jokingly kind of to, oh, take care of Michael Roffel. He's one of my favorite players and kind of went on and on about how how much she really enjoyed him as a player, which I thought was cool uh, because I thought, okay, yeah, he's just one of those kind of cult favorite guys uh, that maybe isn't the most productive, but fans really do like him. But, you know, now that he's gone, I kind of feel the same way about Michael Roffel. It's no secret uh, if you've listened to this show for pretty much the past year, or especially during the season, that he ended up being my favorite offseason addition of all the guys that the Stars brought in, which uh, may be a different discussion for a different day, how well the Stars actually did in terms of adding to their roster last season with signing guys like you know Yanni Hockenpah, Luke Glendening, Michael Roffel, um, and even a guy like Brayden Holtzby who played pretty well before he got injured. And while Michael Roffel was not an offensive juggernaut, he only scored seven goals and only tallied nine assists for 16 points. Or, you know, he was never a guy that was playing top six minutes for the Stars, but he was incredibly valuable to the team. And I feel like even that is an understatement to describe what Michael Roffel was for the Dallas Stars because he could do just a little bit of everything. I mean, he was a great defender, maybe one of the best defenders at the forward position for the Stars. He was unafraid to be physical. We saw him several times throughout that Uh, Calgary playoff series. He's getting right into the thick of things, taking on guys like Matthew Kachuk. I mean, absolutely no fear in Michael Roffo in terms of who he was going to be physical against on the ice every single night. Uh, And with that defense on the five on five, it also extended to special teams. He was one of, if not the best penalty killing forward on the team uh, and second on the team with shorthanded points at three. He always seemed to be involved with the shorthand goal opportunities. Many will remember that game against the St. Louis Blues. Uh, pretty close to Thanksgiving where he and Rope Hintz just kept connecting on shorthanded goals at home. It was awesome. One of the best sequence moments of the season, seeing those two have such good chemistry on the penalty kill. And there were so many other moments where the puck didn't go in the back of the net, whether he had the opportunity to score the shorthanded goal or assist on it. I mean, he was just always seemingly one step ahead on defense. And a lot of times that would help benefit the Stars offensively by either actually leading to a goal or at least leading to to a high quality look on the net. And it wasn't a stat sheet stuffer, but his value is going to be a challenge to be, you know, replaced. I think Luke Glendening plays a similar game to him and the stars do have him for at least one more season, but I did really enjoy having Michael Roffel on the team. He was kind of a, a quiet, more laid back guy, but he was an absolute grinder on the ice night in and night out. He played incredibly hard 
for this team, and he was just a very easy guy to cheer for every time he got an assist or got a goal. Uh, just made me, and I know many others, incredibly happy to see him produce that way as a guy that's just kind of been a not necessarily a journeyman because he was with the Flyers for so long, but never a guy that's been at the front and center of the spotlight wherever he's played. And now in his mid-30s, going back to Europe to play in Switzerland. I'm sure he's excited for what's next for him, and maybe we'll see him come back to the NHL someday, and maybe we won't. But regardless, it was a fun one season with Michael Roffle, and he's a guy whose presence is going to be missed on the ice, and I'm curious to see who gets to step into that role and be the next great forward penalty killer for the Dallas Stars because that is a huge responsibility and something that it might not show up very often in the stat sheet, how effective you can be at that kind of stuff, but it is a truly crucial role for every successful NHL franchise. So best of luck to Michael Roffle going forward. You will be missed here in Dallas at least by me, but I know a few others as well. Appreciate you and we'll miss your game on the ice. But that's going to do it for today's episode of Locked on Stars. Thank you again for making us your first listen of the day. Thank you again for those of you who did submit questions for the Friday mailbag. Remember, I don't always get to answer every single question. I always do try to like or acknowledge the question in some aspects. So even if your question did not get featured today, thank you for still submitting. Uh, and maybe I'll get to yours next week. But please be sure to subscribe to our show on YouTube as well as on your favorite podcasting platform. You can also find and follow me on Twitter at Dane double underscore Lewis as well as our show at Locked on Stars. But thank you guys again for another great week here on the show and we will see you back here on Monday. Have a great weekend Stars fans.